Good afternoon, everyone. Good. You all sound very enthusiastic this afternoon to be here. Should we try that again? Good afternoon, everyone. It is really good to see you. Yeah, we're well done. See? Um, it's good to be together. I just wanted to touch on a few things, actually, that I'd forgotten over the last week, few weeks. Um, we'd encourage you to sign up as early as you possibly could and with the promise of prizes to sign up. Now, last week, I forgot this. And the person that signed up the earliest last week, and I know this person will appreciate a prize, so I will go back to this. Last week, the first person to sign up earliest was Faye Collett. So Faye, you are the winner from last week. Come and get your prize. And this week, uh, I haven't seen him, but Lep, are you here, Lep? Lep, you are the first person to sign up. This Technically, you weren't. Jackie Lorimer was, but she couldn't make it. So you get the, uh, the runners-up prize. Lep, come and get your prize. It's very exciting. Now, I, there's never been such an exciting moment for... I can hit... If only there were a drum roll ready for the prizes. Are you ready for this? It's very exciting. The tent, you can feel the tension. Hang on, hang on. Let's just get the drum roll ready. We might as well wait for this because it will be worth it. Are you ready? Right, ready for the drum roll. Oh, the prize is two lanyards. <laughs> wow, wasn't, wasn't that worth the wait? You can put your keys on it. You can hang it around your neck. You can go to the supermarket. Don't wear it as a mask-exempt um, thing, thing, because you shouldn't do that, um, unless you can be. Um, enjoy. So, if we can encourage you to sign up as early as possible, who knows what exciting prize awaits next week. The tension is building, I know. So, well, we had a slight change to, to uh, the, the plan this week. And we're going to have a, a rest from Luke. We're going to have a slight breather from Luke this week. Uh, I'm going to touch on some themes that I touched on last week uh, from the passage. But we're going to take a little dip into the book of Ephesians this week. Are you excited about cha the change this week? Yes! Now, uh, we are systematically working our way through the book of Luke. We are nearing the end, but we're taking a little breather this week. And we're going to look at the book of Ephesians, and today we're going to read from Ephesians 1, verse 15 to 23. Now, if you are visiting today, if you uh, are new to reading uh, the Bible, the, the, uh, the Ephesians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to church, the churches probably in Ephesus, which is now part of Turkey in the west of the country. Paul wrote this whilst he was under house arrest in Rome. And in the first part of the letter, Paul is telling uh, uh, the Christians and, and Christians now who we are in Christ, that we are adopted, we are chosen, we are raised with Christ. We're reconciled to God and to each other, that we are God's new community. Sounds quite good so far, doesn't it? Yes, Ian, yes. Come on, we can, I need some participation. You're a bit further away. I need you to raise your voices. That would be useful. Um, we have the assurance of every spiritual blessing. This is what he's uh, told us up until uh, verse 14. Chosen before the foundations of the world. Called to live holy and righteous lives. 
and uh, not looking to ourselves but at Jesus and that the Gentiles had been knitted in to the promise made to Abraham and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, and we're going to start from uh, verse 15. Now it says this, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. This is like a prayer uh, for Paul praying for the church. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come. He put all things under his feet, and gave him as a head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. There's a lot in this passage. There's lots to get out of it. I won't get everything out of what is in this passage, actually. What I would recommend, if you want to go a bit deeper into this, is there's some really good online study by an American pastor called John Piper. And there's this thing called Look at the Book. And you can go in and he literally goes line by line looking at what this means. And there's real depth in these passages. But we're just going to take a sort of light dip in and see what God wants to say to us. You won't get planes flying overhead when we're back in the building, will we? That we could see anyway. So this is, we should enjoy this while we can. So first of all, we see in verse 15, a love for all the saints. We said love for one another. That we should find good friendships within the, within the church and other Christians. Romans 12 talks about preferring one another in love. That we should outdo one another in showing honour. It should be a sign, actually, to unbelievers how we love each other. I actually have more depth of relationship with my Christian brothers than I do people that I've known my whole life or some of my family. Good friends have always helped me in my walk as a Christian. When we've moved, Gemma and I have made uh, two big moves in our life. We felt God has moved us twice now and... Every time we've moved, we've made good friends within the body of Christ, and it has helped us. Verse 16, Paul talks about remembering people in his prayers. And this prayer is a privilege. And when we don't pray, we become spiritually sick. Paul prayed for others unceasingly, and it is maintaining our relationship with God. What is Paul's prayer? For believers in Ephesus, above all else, is to know God better. To come to know him. And in the next section, there are really three things that Paul prays for and I want to focus on. And it's the, really the title of the talk today 
is he prays that we know him, we know his hope, and we know his power. That's what his primary desire is, simply that they will know God better. Why? Because God is so captivating. His gracious holiness, that knowing him is our supreme blessing for all eternity. It's interesting, Paul writes about knowing God, and he's writing this and his other letters from prison, from Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, Philemon. Because knowing God is precious when experiencing persecution or difficulty. Knowing God is the greatest blessing. In Philippians 3.8, he writes, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And it's sad that we have really such knowledge of our, our jobs or of hobbies and interests, knowledge of other people, and we can settle for knowing God superficially. I used to have and sadly still have some retention of it. I used to have quite a big knowledge of football um, facts and figures and statistics, and sadly some of that still rattles around, and that was really all I could ever remember, because that's what my primary interest was. That's all I would read about. I would read on the back pages of, of newspapers about football, that's all I was interested in. And I got to a point of thinking, actually, this knowledge is worthless. It's a, it's a passing interest that can be okay. But actually, I, I, I got to a point of actually, I'm filling my head with stuff that actually I could fill my head with other stuff. If I can remember all of these stupid, ridiculous statistics, like who won the FA Cup from every year since 1970, that's sort of stupid thing. I can actually get to know the word of God better and fill my mind with these things. So I decided to change. I thought it's, this is important for me to get to know him better. The better I know my kids, the more I know them as they're growing up to become people. You know, when they're born and they're, you know, like little balls of dough, you love them and stuff because they're cute. Uh, everyone loves their babies and stuff. But as they become people you start to love them even more because of their characters. Even the bits that need shaping. We need a knowledge of him, a knowing, an experience of him, and a knowledge of understanding him. Uh, you sort of hear and read about this nonsense of finding yourself and people go on gap years to find themselves or um, will go on retreats to find themselves. Actually, find God and you'll do much better. So whatever we pray for ourselves, let's pray that we know God better. Commit to pray for people. Pray that they know God better and find him more and more to be their deepest satisfaction and joy. So let me ask you today, consider this. Are you growing in your knowledge of God? Do you know more of his voice, his direction, his leading? Or have you felt drifting off or, or, or a little bit in the last year or so? Remember last week I was talking about uh, 
rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God's what is God's. Maybe having a foot in two worlds. Have you drifted off a little bit? Or maybe, have you asked God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you might grow? Verse 17 says, The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Ask him. In Proverbs 2, verse 1 to 5, it says this, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it for as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, so if you look for knowledge of God and understanding of him as something that's really precious and important to you then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God it's quite a powerful proverb isn't it if you call out for insight cry aloud for understanding and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Have you really got that pursuing him? In, if, you, if you were looking for treasure, searching for silver, if you knew there was something, some of it somewhere, you would really look for it, or something quite precious. But when it comes down to knowing him better, are we doing it? Verse 18. He prays that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. Heart in the Bible often uh, is meant as the centre of our physical and spiritual being. And the way we see the world, what we value, we desire or fear and avoid is not just a rational decision, but it depends on our values that are shaped by the affections of our heart. And what Paul is praying here, that the eyes of our heart will be enlightened is so that we will see God for who he is and love the things that he loves. See the world he sees it, which is the way it really is. And it's vital to understand that so often in our Christian walk, God doesn't want to change our circumstances, but the way we see our circumstances, by changing our hearts. That's what God is after, changing our hearts. To see what? To see the hope that we have been called to. And we are to know his hope. We're to know him and we're to know his hope. And we do have a hope. We have this down payment, the deposit of the hope now in the Holy Spirit. The hope of this call. We are called to something and for something. We're called into the family of God. And we belong to Jesus Christ. We're called to be part of God's big regeneration plan for the whole earth. This eternal hope. We have liberation from from God's law. We are free from the slavery of sin. Called to freedom. We know that beyond, 
that sometimes the suffering of this world lies glory. Beyond this lies glory where there will be no more sadness, no more pain, and God will wipe away every tear from, from our eyes. Paul calls it the upward call of Christ in Philippians 3, 14 to 16, where he says, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything, if you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Let us only hold true to what we have attained. And he is pressing on towards the goal. John Stott says this, that he, Jesus, has called us to Christ and to holiness, to freedom and to peace, to suffering and glory. And more simply, it was a call to an altogether new life in which we, we know, love, obey and serve Christ. Enjoy fellowship with him and each other and look beyond our present suffering to the glory which one day will be revealed. This is the hope to which he has called you. Paul prays that our eyes may be opened. And this is what the world needs right now. Not there isn't a lot of hope around at the moment. There's fears of another variant. There's fears for our future, our health, security. Oh no, there's so much fear going on. But we can rest in and look at, it may not be perfect now, but it will one day. And as, as we emerge from lockdown, as we begin to look at what the landscape looks like, there has to become a moment where we move from the back foot to the front foot. To the front foot of faith where we move from faithfulness to the fullness of faith. When we move from defence to offence, and the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Wants to move us, empower us, embolden us to go and proclaim the gospel, which is the power of God to save. And we need to come out looking different. We as a church are not trying to just get back to doing everything we did as quick as we can. There's been difficult times, but God has been moving and speaking and preparing us for a new season. And what might he be saying to you in this moment as well? What has he been preparing you for? How is he going to move you and empower you and embolden you? What's he doing that for? As we read on, we are his inheritance. That all things God could have chosen to enjoy for all eternity, he chose us. He chose us to enjoy. Verse 19, the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might. There's possibly this double meaning to the verse, we are his and he is ours and one day we shall receive that inheritance far beyond anything we can imagine. Better than any earthly inheritance. We shall see God and Christ, we shall worship him and enjoy perfect fellowship with each other. It won't just be this private little party, but among the saints we will join a great multitude that no man can number. And Paul prays that we grasp it, that we know it, 
the glory of it, the riches of it. And then he moves on to knowing his power. From knowing him, knowing his hope, to knowing his power, the greatness of his power. And God calls us to look back on the beginning of our salvation, the power that raised Christ from the dead, also awoke us in our dead spiritual life. And we get to look forward as well for God's hope and inheritance. God's power also is for now, the in-between bit, the right here and now, as we've heard today. The power of God that raised Christ from the dead, that power is sufficient for you and me. Do you feel like the power is sufficient for you today? Everyone's a little bit quiet today. Do you feel like the power is sufficient for you today? In your daily life? Paul calls it immeasurable. It's immeasurable, this power. The resurrection power is great because of its decisive demonstration of divine power. There are two powers which man cannot control and we are all in bondage to, death and evil. Man is mortal, we cannot avoid death. And man is fallen, he cannot overcome evil by himself. But through Jesus' resurrection, he has conquered both for us. That is something for you to be happy about today. Are you happy about that? Yes. Just checking some of you are still awake. Just some of you, that's, that's all that matters. That he died and rose again. We can all live for eternity with God no longer fearing death. We are no longer slaves to sin, fulfilling Psalm 110, where it said, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Sin has been defeated by Christ. It no longer has a hold on you if you are a Christian. We can know God's power by reflecting on this. The love that he showed for us. The cross is real power. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The cross is foolish to those who are perishing. It looks like ultimate defeat to the world. Jesus was actually the most powerful man on the planet. But he gave up his power for love for us. He gave up his power so that you might be saved and I might be saved. His sacrificial love is more powerful than brute strength. The world says never give up power. Be as strong as you can be. But God says give up everything, surrender to me and I will be your strength. Lean on me. It says at the end of the chapter that Jesus is above all rulers and authorities. Lean on me. His power is infinitely greater and bigger than any dark forces in this world. And it is available for you. It's available for us. The same power that conquered the grave is available for us, can live in us. Romans 8 verse 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, 
he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's the word of God for you today. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Can I ask you today, what are you settling for? Don't settle for the way you are right now. There is more to come. There is more of him to know. There is more of you to grow in God. There is more to see for the kingdom, more to see people come into the kingdom. And you can play your part in that. There's no I can't in God. We can step out in faith. You're never too old for it either. Or too young. The good works that Christ has prepared for you in advance do not stop this side of the grave. Just in case you were wondering. God wants to move you on from where you are now. Not physically move house but he wants to move you on from where you are now spiritually, moving in the power of the Spirit. We can rest in the fact, as it says at the end of these verses today, that Christ is the head of the church. He's the ultimate authority of the world. Jesus is the Messiah, God's anointed one, the one that Israel longed for, the one that has set their broken world right. And as Christians, we can be confident That God has won the final victory. He is in control of everything. You can have a confident, spirit-filled life knowing this. Remember last week, I said we need to get these things into us. We need to eat it before we tweet it, which I obviously stole from somebody else. We need to get this into us, not just use these as phrases that we use and then go about our lives worrying about everything that's around us, but grow in the knowledge of him, who is the head over all, who knows the beginning and the end. Amen? We can be confident. He is in control. There isn't just this boxing match going on between God and the devil and we don't quite know how it's going to end. No, he has already won the victory. He has already won. We know how it's going to end. And we can play our part in this in-between pit, in-between bit, calling as many as we possibly can, saying, come into the kingdom. Come into the one who loves you. Come into the one who celebrates the day you were born. You can play your part in that. We can play our part in that, church, as we move forward into this new season. Who knows what lies ahead? God knows. And God knows that you can play your part in it. And God knows that you can know him more. And we can pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to everyone. God's perfect gift to us. He says, if you ask for bread, he will not give you a stone. Can I ask the band to just come back up now as we just respond to this word this morning? To ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us and give us confidence that 
he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. That's us. He doesn't want fear of failure keeping you from moving forward. Fear of things that have not worked out in the past. God's perfect gift to us. He's worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. He is above every rule and authority and power and dominion. This Jesus is here today and wants to be in a relationship with you. Can I ask you to stand just as the band start playing? And we're going to just respond to this. Can I ask you just to put your hands out to him? I'm just going to ask Holy Spirit now to come. Come Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, that we no longer need to fear the grave. We thank you, Lord, that we can ask. It says as well, if any of you is lacking knowledge or wisdom, and ask. If any of you lack, ask. If any of you want to receive the Holy Spirit, ask. we are in a significant moment as a church as a nation we've never been in a time like this before and we don't just want to rush back into doing what we did because God wants to move God wants to see many 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 souls added into his kingdom and he sees you where you are right now today he says my son my daughter I want you to play your part in this. There are people that you know. There are people that you pass every day. There are things that have been on your heart, maybe for years, that he wants to just stir up in you right now. Lord, will you come and speak to us? Again, will you come and empower us embolden us, Lord, to go and preach the gospel, the the power of God to save. And if you want to just come to Christ right now and say, Lord, I just want to know you more. Just keep your hands out. Say, come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to know you more. Will you come and help me in my daily walk with you? Will you help me put aside all of those distractions and help me put you first? Come, Holy Spirit. Just wait for a moment. God is not in a rush.
saves you because he loves you and he wanted to adopt you into his family. love you. We love you, Lord. So come and speak to us now, individually, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Leave now, even God is speaking to uh, somebody about decisions about change maybe moving house or location or job and he's going to embolden you to make a decision to move because you have a fear of change he says I will be with you wherever you go as we just we as humans don't, do not know what lies ahead over these coming weeks and months but you do and Lord we just as, a, as your body the church Lord will you come and meet with us collectively as we long to see many added into your kingdom will you lead us and guide us Lord I feel like we've got a compass at the moment but not a map Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Thank you, Jesus.